Would you thank God for your wonderful and amazing pastors? They're so amazing and loving and godly, and we are blessed to be here. While you're still resting on your feet, let's turn to Luke chapter 5, all standing right now, and we can just read this passage. Luke 5, 1 through 10 says, One day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from the shore. Then he sat down on the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they had to signal to the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both boats to full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. Verse 10, And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. Father, the grass withers and the flowers fade, but your word stands forever, Lord. Speak, Lord, and we will obey. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Well, this afternoon, I want to talk to you about this topic, launch out into the deep. Come on, say it with me, launch out. Come on, say it with me, launch out into the the deep. This story, this passage is, is an amazing passage of scripture that here we meet Jesus and we see Jesus and Jesus is here and he's teaching and he's preaching and he's teaching the people, he's fed, all these things are happening and he gets now and he says to these fishermen, he uses their boat. Crowds were all around him. They were pressing upon him. And let me tell you something. We're living in a season where people need to hear the word. People need to hear the word. They want to hear the word. They were pressing around him as he was at the lake. He, he saw these two boats at the water's edge. And, and he, he used these boats. And, and he used these boats because the fishermen were there. They, they had washed, they had fished all night. And now they were washing their nets. So they were washing their nets, and Jesus used their boats, and he got onto one of the boats, belonging to Simon, isn't that a coincidence? And he asked him to put out a little from the shore. And here's what Jesus did. The Bible says he sat down, and he began to teach the people. This feels pretty good. Let me tell you something, thanks of God. It is important that we understand that people are thirsty for the word. People are looking for answers. They want to know something. And the Bible says in 1 Peter, like newborn babes, he said, crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in our salvation. We are to be people who are desiring the word to sit at the feet of Jesus, to hear what he has to say. Social media is great. Television is great. All those things are great. But we must be people that crave and desire sincere, the pure milk of the word of God so that we can be used by God. 
So they were pressing upon him and they wanted to be filled. The Bible said, if we desire to be filled, he said, blessed are they which do hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they should be filled. So Jesus is teaching them. He's teaching them the word. And now he gets to a place where the teaching is done and he commands Peter. Listen to what he says. He says, launch out into the deep water and let down the nets for a catch. You might be wondering, I mean, Jesus had used Simon's boat. Certainly Jesus, because he knows everything, is familiar with fishing. But, but Jesus tells him, he said, put out into deep water for a catch. Now, the interesting thing here is that they had fished all night. The interesting thing here is that, that Jesus had used their boats. These men had been washing their nets and they had taken the time to wash their nets and they had been washing their nets. It's a very uh, tough process, but all of the trash and the garbage and, and the bad fish and all the things, nothing that they could use, but they were, they were washing their nets. And, and this is the net. And you, you imagine this, that they had been washing these nets, not one net, but many nets. They had been washing all night, trying to wash these nets and get them clean so they could go and rest because they had fished all night long. And now the Lord says, let's go fishing again. <laughs> I love to fish. And growing up, we used to fish and sometimes we used to do something called trout lining. That's where we would catch those Mississippi catfish. But, but, but we would fish and, and you would check trout lines all night to see what you would catch. But then the next morning, you would want to rest, but then you would go fish for the regular fish. And, and he tells Peter, he says, what I need you to do is put out into deep water. Let me translate what he was saying. He was telling Peter to get away from the shore. Oh, listen to what I'm telling you. I mean, I promise you that God is talking to you now. He's trying to tell you to get away from the shore. Move into places where you're not comfortable. I don't know who convinced us that being a Christian was going to be comfortable. I don't know who convinced us that this is supposed to be some type of comfortable Christianity, some type of comfortable faith. Let me tell you right now, it is not comfortable if we're going to do the work of God and do the will of God. God takes us out of our comfort zone. He takes us into places that we're not comfortable. And, and I'm telling you, if you're not uh, a person that's used to being uncomfortable, if you're going to walk with God, you need to get used to being uncomfortable. A part of the problem in churches in America, and I'm sure in other parts of the world, is that people who, who've gotten to a certain place have gotten comfortable. And that's why it almost dies in people's life because they come and they go and they come and they go, but nothing much outside of that, they've gotten comfortable. God sent me here today to challenge you, even in your faith, to move into deep water. He's challenging you to move to places where you have to live by faith because the Bible says without faith it's impossible to please God. He's challenging you to, to not be so caught up in your comfortable living and so caught up in your comfortable way of doing things. He say, for we live by faith and not by sight. We have to move to a place where we're not comfortable. We may have to go into a place where it's going to require some stuff. He tells Peter, now listen, he says, listen Peter, he said, first of all, put out from the shore. Second of all, he says, now let down your nets for a catch. So, so listen to what Jesus tells him. First of all, he commands him 
Second of all, he tells them to do something that's going to require effort. But what God does is he guarantees a catch. No, no, you, you got to catch this. He commands them, right? And, and, and he, he commands them to, to, to do it. And now, now he commands them, but, but he tells them, okay, this is not going to be easy. He say, let down your nets, check it out. But he guarantees him a catch. What God is saying to you and I this morning, this afternoon, he's saying to you, he's saying that if you will obey my word, he said, if you would do what I'm telling you to do, if you would put work to your faith, because faith without works is dead, he's saying, I'm guaranteeing you a catch. But what must I do first? First, I've got to be willing to launch out into deep water. First, I must be willing to go into places where I'm not comfortable. First, I must be willing to do things that I'm not used to doing. So, so I got to let down my nets. I got I, I to go. I got to do something differently. And let me tell you something. In order to be who God is calling you to be and to do what God is calling you to do, you must get ready to do something that's not comfortable for you. I learned how to swim at a very young age. I was an avid swimmer about six years old. I was a very avid swimmer. I could do every stroke except the butterfly at six years old. And I could do all the strokes. I was an avid diver, seven, eight years old. I was tremendous. I mean, I loved it and I did it, but, but it didn't start that way. It started by my teacher. His name was uh, uh, Coach Brown, and Coach Brown is the one who taught me how to swim. So he started teaching us in the three feet of water. And, and because me and my friend Gary Roberts, we were able to excel above the rest of the class, he moved us over to the five feet of water. And I'm not very tall now. At that time, I was only about four feet something. And, and he's, standing, he's standing in the water, and he's saying, all right, come on, jump in. But, but I'm saying, well, well coach, I, I want to do it, but, but can we go back down to the three feet? Because I knew in the three feet, if I got tired, I could just stand up. I knew in the three feet, if I, I caught a little water in my mouth or in my nose, I could just stop and stand up. But, but he had it down in the five feet. In the five feet, I, I couldn't stand up if I got tired. If I was going to swim all the way across the pool, uh, I would have problems if I got tired. So, so he kept telling me, jump in, Dwayne, jump in. You can do it, jump in. But I wouldn't jump. But he messed around and called me Tarzan. Now, I know some of you might not know who Tarzan was, but that was a, 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 a guy on TV, this super light hero before there was superheroes. He, he called me Tarzan, and I'm telling you, I leaned back, and I hit my chest. I said, oh, oh, And I jumped in the water, and I swam all the way across, and that began my journey from the three to the five to the 12. And I was swimming oceans and it didn't matter. You know why? Because he messed around and called me Tarzan. As a child of God, if you would ever stop trying to be comfortable and lean your chest back and holler out, hallelujah, Lord, and launch out into the deep, stop trying to figure it out, stop trying to work it all out. When you do great things for God, it just doesn't make sense. My wife and I have been tithers and stuff since we were saved and since we were married, but there were times where paying my tithes didn't make sense. 
There were times where giving my offerings didn't make sense. There were times where getting on an airplane and going to a foreign country to preach the word didn't make sense. I mean, my gosh, my son's house just burned down a few weeks ago. My sister's mother just died. My other sister's father just died. It didn't make sense. But let me tell you something. When you're doing God's work, sometimes you have to do things that just don't make sense. And if you're going to be the man or woman of God or the child of God he's calling you to be, you have to be willing to do stuff that don't make sense to you. And it might not make sense, but it makes faith. But I don't want you to feel bad sometimes when you're, you're a little conflicted. Listen to Peter's conflict. Here's what Peter said, Pastor. He said, but Master, we worked hard all night and we haven't caught anything. No, 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 gotta catch this. Here's the creature saying to the creator, you don't know nothing about fishing. <laughs> this is what we do, Lord, and now you stick to preaching, but, but uh, don't come here trying to tell us when to go fishing. Oh, maybe you didn't catch it over here. You know, sometimes uh, pastor says some stuff that, that you say, well, pastor, you don't know much about that. But, uh, so you stick to preaching. And let me handle this other stuff. But let me tell you something. When you are sitting under an anointed man and woman of God, they can give you stuff and tell you stuff that they don't know much about, but God has spoken in their life and given you instructions to do. Your prayers are being answered when God sends somebody to speak into your life. So here is Peter. Peter saying to Jesus, it don't make sense to go fishing. So, so it wasn't like an economy like we have Basically, what they caught and sold that day was what gave them their living. But here's what he did. And it's something that a lot of us need to learn how to do. But because you say so, Lord, I'll put the application in. Because you say so, Lord, I'll go back to school. Because you say so, Lord, I'll stay with my husband. Because you say so, Lord, I'll love my wife like Christ loved the church. Because you say so, Lord, I'm going to give my money like you've commanded me to do. Because you say so, Lord, I'm going to serve where you told me to serve. It don't make sense to me, God, but because you said so. So, so when you get it in your spirit, you got to get what I call a nevertheless attitude in your spirit. Even when it doesn't make sense. Even when you work and you're tired, let me tell you something. One of the greatest things that happens in your life when you realize you can't do it, God becomes strong when we become weak. The problem is too many of us believe we can do it on our own. But I'm telling you, if you're going to be great for God and do the work of God, you've got to learn how to say, nevertheless, Lord, it doesn't make sense to me. Matter of fact, what Peter was saying, it's the wrong time of the day. We never fish like this. Then he says something like this, and I hear this, and I hear this in my own heart and mind. Sometimes we say stuff like, but we've been doing it the same way all this time. Just because you've been doing something the same way doesn't mean that's what God wants you to do now. Just because you've been going around the same way 
God is doing a new thing in your life, but he can't do the new things if you're stuck by going the same way. Sometimes you need to just go back home a different way you came. Sometimes you need to just take another form of transportation. Why? Because God wants to show you new things. He wants to show you particular things. He wants to put you in a place where you will be able to see and won't be distracted by normality. Sometimes something normal, we see it enough, we don't see it anymore. Sometimes you have to get fresh eyes. Sometimes you got to see your spouse a different way. Sometimes you got to see your children a different way. Sometimes God is trying to take us another way, but nobody wants to go into deep water. Why? Because we resist change. We don't want to move into deep water because it's no longer where we can just jump in and come out when we get ready. What God is calling you to do through this vision that your pastors have gotten from God, he's calling you to jump in head first. He's calling you to go to a place where you can't just get in and get out when you get ready. To go to a place where you have to stand on God's word. To go to a place where you, you won't be able to stay in the shallow water so when things get a little rough you can just stand up and do it your own way. No, God is calling this church. He's calling you to do it at a different level. So here's what happened. He told Jesus we mastered, we fished all night, but he concedes and he says, nevertheless it's your word. Listen to me carefully. Obedience is better than sacrifice. When we know the right to do and don't do it, I'm telling you right now, we are beaten with many stripes. So you need to understand something. We know the right to do. Oftentimes I hear Christians saying they're conflicted. They're not sure what God really wants them to do. But let me tell you something. If you're in the word of God, he says, my word will be a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. So oftentimes it's not that we don't know. The conflict is in our own flesh. We don't want to. We've heard what he said but we don't want to. We heard what he said but we don't want to change. We heard what he said but we feel like we have, have mud on our face because instead of, instead of going one way we have to go another way. We have to change. And listen to me saints of God partial obedience is still disobedience. If God calls you to be a doctor and you are a nurse, you are in disobedience to God. There's nothing wrong with being a nurse, but there's something wrong with you being a nurse. If God calls you to preach the word and you're singing in the choir, that sounds good. And there's nothing wrong with singing in the choir, but he called you to preach the word of God. If God called you, you got to understand, obedience is better than sacrifice. And God is looking for some people that will say, nevertheless, Lord, at your word. But here's what happened. Remember, he got commanded. Then he had to put effort in. And here it is. They did what Jesus said. So, so I'm not sure. I've read this in several translations of the Bible, in the seven versions of the Bible. And in one version said, Jesus said, let down nets. And, and, and another, uh, later on it says, Peter let down a net. I'm not sure what Peter did. All I know is, is that he conceded and did what the Lord told him to do. So what happened? When they threw out the nets, the Bible says that the catch was so large that as they were pulling in their nets, the, the nets began to break. See, let me tell you something. When you trust God and we let God do what he wants to do, you, you'll be amazed at what you'll catch. It might not make sense to you, but let me tell you something. See, see, see you might be wondering, why did God bless Peter? See, see, Jesus had used Peter's boat. So there's no way 
Jesus would use Peter's boat and not bless him and his friends. If you will let Jesus use your boat. Oh, y'all don't want to hear that, do you? If you will let Jesus use your boat, if you will let him use your car, if you will let him use your house, if you will let him use you, you will be amazed at what God will do in your life. See, you're sitting back trying to hold on to stuff and God say, let go of stuff. And the Bible says he got so many fish that they had to signal for their partners. They had to signal for their partners. Why? Because the boats became so full. They were about to sink. Let me tell you something. When you and I decide we're going to trust God, despite what anybody else is doing, when we decide we're going to walk with him, we're going to stand on his word despite what anybody else is doing, I'm telling you, there's no limit for what God would do in your life. I don't know what it is, but I sense in my spirit there are some people in here I know that have been called by God, but what's happening is you won't lunch out into deep water. You want to play it safe. You want to keep everything where you can control it. The problem is you got a control issue. So everything got to be just the way you want it to be and go just the way you want it to go. And you think that's really being organized and neat and so together. The truth of the matter is you're limiting God because you're basing it on your ability instead of his ability. You're basing it on your ability instead of his ability. And what God told me to tell you is you need to learn how to lean back. Take your hands and beat your chest and say, oh. In other words, I'm going when it don't make sense. I'm going to believe God when it don't make sense. I'm going to trust him when it don't make sense. When everybody else turned back, I'm going with God. You got to get that in your heart and mind because there's no safe way to walk with God. There's no safe way to do it his way. There's no organized way that you got to do it just A, B, C, and D. What works right here might not work over there. You got to trust God at the moment. Here's the question. The question is, what have you been waiting on to do what God has called you to do? There are fish for you to catch. There are lives for you to be used to change. There are blessings on the other side. There are family members God wants you to bless. When he signaled for the other boats, that means not only was the blessing on his life, but the blessing was on his friend's life. I'm telling you, when you obey God, you might be the one that sets your family up to walk out of generational poverty. You might be the one that sets your family up. And now, not only are you saved, but now your dad is saved, and your mama is saved, and your sisters and brothers are saved, and your nieces and nephews are saved. But, but you got to understand, it won't be done by being safe. You have to be willing to go into turbulent waters. You can't do what God is calling you to do if you don't change the way you think about the power and ability of God. The issue is, is that we limit God by our own humanity. God is outside of time. There's somebody here that thinks it's too late for you to go back to school. Who told you that? There's somebody here that thinks it's too late for you to get married. Who told you that? Uh, somebody here that thinks, oh, you, you got a little too old. You won't never be able to have children. Now, who told you that? You won't never be able to own your own business. Who told you that? If you don't get it wrapped up in your mind that God is the master of all things, God knows all things, he can do all things, God has the ability to stop the sun when he needs to. I'm telling you right now, God would do it on your behalf. And if you begin to trust God and to pray to God and launch out in the deep and stop trying to be so safe. 
I understand that people are different all over the world. I understand that people in this room come from different cultures and different places and there's certain personalities that, that match in certain places. But let me tell you something. Following God is outside your personality. Following God is outside your way of doing things. I don't care what your daddy told you and your mama told you. I'm talking about what God has to say. See, see, and back where I grew up, uh, what the older ladies would tell the younger ladies, hey, baby, don't trust them too much. Keep your little money in, in the side in a little shoebox just in case something happened. Uh, uh, men would say stuff like, hey, man, hey, look, long as you take care of home, ain't nothing wrong with you having a few women on the side. That don't come from God. But we listen to that stuff and, and we let that permeate and get in our minds and God is calling us to so much more. And we say stuff, well, well, hey, God has given me common sense. Let me tell you something. Step outside of yourself and trust that God can do anything that he says he would do. And I guarantee you, you will get a catch like you've never seen before. I'm telling you this time next year, if you will jump out into deep water. See, some of you, you know, I'm just, all I'm doing is confirming for you what God has already said. I'm confirming for you, you've been afraid. You've been trying to play it safe. You've been scared. God's saying, leave that job and go to the next one. But you're allowing fear to stop you. You're allowing your own way of thinking to stop you. i never forget 20-something years ago I read a book by John Maxwell and it talked about big picture thinking. And I began to understand that as a Christian that I was not limited to the poor, sad testimonies I heard growing up in church. They sounded a little bit like this. I thank and praise God, who's the head of my life, that allowed me to pay my light bill just on time. I thank and praise God, who's the head of my life, that allowed me to, to, to barely have a place to stay, but I just thank and praise God. But see, I was talking to a sister yesterday and see, when I was in the world, I wasn't having a bad time. I was enjoying the world. And I was enjoying wine, women, and song. And I told God, I said, God, if you're going to save my life, I don't want to have this poverty-stricken, low-level living, no-fun life. God, if you're going to save me, I want the best that you have for my life. Now, that might go against some of your theology and you might think that, 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 that Christians are supposed to walk around and, and barely make it, but Jesus wasn't poor. Anybody with a treasure is not poor. You need to understand something. God has a plan for your life that's beyond where you are. But if you won't launch out into the deep because you're afraid of pain, some people have been through divorce or been through bad breakups. God is trying to give you a new spouse, trying to give you a husband, trying to give you a wife, but you won't even go out on a date. I'm telling you now, launch out into the deep. Some of you, your marriages have, have all but died and God is trying to give you ideas. Take it out over here. Go do some of the things you used to do. Go to a movie. Uh, go somewhere. Do this. Go that. Do that. All that kind of stuff. But, but you 
saying, oh, ain't nothing going to work. Let me tell you something. Launch out into the deep. God will change every part of your life. He'll change your, your bedroom life, your boardroom life, your banking life, every part of your life. But you got to be willing to launch out into the deep. You got to be willing to change some stuff about yourself. Get your hair cut. Put it up in a ball. Get you some hair to add to it. It don't make it. You got to understand when you start launching out into the deep, you got to be willing to do stuff that just don't make sense. You got to get a big picture mindset. What's a big picture mindset? When you get a big picture mindset, you're able to think at a different level. You're able to lead at a different level. You're, you're able to stay on target because you understand that this is not the will of God for my life. Listen to me carefully. The next promotion on your lot, on your job might be based on your willingness to take a chance when other co-workers won't try it. It might be you're going to a training that they're not even going to pay you for, but you go. See, if we're going to do this, and you're going to do this in this church, somebody got to be willing to step out into deep water. You got to be willing to go into places that you can't stand up. You got to be willing to go where the only way you can make it is God is on your side. Those of you that's at the visa office, those of you that's working for, for looking, trying to get PhDs, those of you that, that as, as Pastor Carol said, have sickness. Let me tell you something. All you got to do is launch out into the deep. When somebody denying you something, ask very kindly, can I speak to your supervisor? There's nothing wrong with you asking to speak with somebody's supervisor because they might be having a bad day. And right now they're holding you back because they're having a bad day. But you stand on faith and say, say, Lord, what you want me to do? And the Lord will tell you, he said, ask to speak to the supervisor. The supervisor will come in, hit a couple of buttons and change your destiny. But if you're too afraid to ask, if you're too afraid to put the application in, if you're too afraid to try to take the class, you'll never know where your life could be. You'll never know the business you could own. You'll never know this new man might be the best man you've ever met in your life. This, this new wife might do all the things you, you wanted God to do in your life. God will open up doors. But if you're not willing to go in a deep water, you'll live your life with regrets. I'm looking for about 20 people in this room that God has just spoken to about launching out into the deep. God has just spoken to you. He said to you, it's time for you to stop playing it safe. It's time for you to say yes to that date. It's time for you to go put in that application for school. It's time for you to put in that application for that new business. Right now, there are about 20 people in this room that God just said, it's time for you to go into deep water. If you're one of those people, I want you to stand up on your feet right now. You know God is calling you to deeper and greater things. God is not limited by your age. He's not limited by your nationality. He's not limited by what's in your bank account right now. God has no limitations. God lives outside of time. Time is not an issue for God. God handles all time. Age is not an issue for God. God will give you the strength of a man or a woman half your age if you would trust him and believe him. You thought or you think you could never love again? Let me tell you something. If you launch out into the deep, go to the coffee shop, 
sit at the coffee shop, have yourself fixed up looking good. The next person that walk through the door might be the one that's looking for you. But if you don't believe that, if you don't believe that can happen for you, what you've been trying to do for 10 years, God can do in 10 seconds. Some of you think you're limited by your current bank accounts. Let me tell you something. Our God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He didn't say a thousand cattle, but the cattle on a thousand hills. He's not limited by your current situation. Will you believe God with me right now? Will you believe God with me right now? Come on, lift up your hands. If you'll believe God with me, believe God with me for bigger and better and greater. Believe God with me for Berlin being different because of this church. Believe God with me and lift up your hands right now. Outside of your way of doing things. I know that you, you're a pretty quiet group of people, but, but since I came all the way from Jackson, I need you to do this just for me. Will y'all do it for me? Will you do it for me? I want you to lean your chest back. Come on. Lean